get to our, our message here tonight, and like I said, it's, it's uh, out of uh, what we would say is one of our Christmas stories, but certainly uh, it's something for all year round, and it is something that I, I would like to uh, have us point toward the new year uh, as we look at what we're going to look at here tonight, and the, just the title of the message is, The Person God Uses. So, hey, you're out here on a Wednesday night. Uh, I, I know the answer to the question already, but let me just ask uh, how many in here want to be a person that God uses, right? You're saying, yeah, I'm out, I, I came out here on a Wednesday night. I, I wanna, I'm hungry. I want to learn. I want to grow. Uh, I want God to use me. And the Bible does tell us that God is looking for people to use. So how do we get usable? You know, uh, the thing is, if we get usable, God will wear us out. Right? If we put ourselves, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way, I mean he will work through our lives till our very last breath. Uh, uh, we've not really lived until we've experienced being used by God to touch somebody else's life. Can you say amen? Man, there's just nothing like that. And, and God desires that for everybody. He's eager to use us in ways that we've not even imagined. So we're going to look tonight at Mary, uh, who, by the way, Pastor Gav has informed us, uh, is the bomb. So only appropriate for us to, to, to talk about. If, if you weren't here on a Sunday morning, she was talking about her. She goes, man, Mary is the bomb, you know? And uh, it's just kind of cute when different generations have different language. That's, that's generational language for it. Like, I really respect Mary. She's really quite an awesome person, you know? Uh, that's what it translates to. So tonight I want to look at Mary and why God chose Mary above uh, any other woman that was on the, the planet at the time to be used of God. And, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about Mary. Uh, not once does the Bible say that we're to worship her. Uh, not once does it say that she was perfect or sinless. Uh, it doesn't say she was God. It doesn't say we're, we're to venerate her. Uh, in fact, what is special about Mary is the fact that she was plain and ordinary. It ought to be of great encouragement to us. God took an ordinary woman and used her in an extraordinary way. And so why did God choose Mary? It wasn't because of her educational background, because she didn't have any. It wasn't because of her wealth, because she was poor. It wasn't because she was mature, because she was actually just a teenager. God chose Mary because she trusted God. Wow, when you look at what positions us from God's perspective for greatness, it starts off with just simple trusting God. We don't need to bring any kind of, Lord, look what I have here. You probably want to work through me. You know, it's more of, Lord, I trust you. And the Lord looks and says, ah, that's somebody I can work in, somebody I can work through. And, and we're going to take a look at it tonight. She had all kinds of fears for sure, but she never let her fears control her. Instead, she modeled three things that we need to have in our lives if God is going to use us. And so that's what we're going to look at here this evening. Three things that Mary modeled, that if we'll model these same things, the Lord will be able to work in our lives uh, in, in just extraordinary ways. So let's take a look. Start off in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and we know this is John the Baptist uh, with Elizabeth, right? God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. 
Now, in verse 29, it goes on to say, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Confused and disturbed. It's not every day that there's a, an, an incredible angel, you know, standing with a message from God to, you know, to speak to someone. And so he, he responds in verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. So when we look at Mary's confused and disturbed, the, the Greek for this really is, it's a little more intense than confused and, and disturbed. It's, it's more along the lines of greatly, greatly afraid, petrified. You know, these are, these are the kinds of uh, feelings, if you can imagine, this is, you know, um, you, you know like, like an older teenage girl. Um, we would probably be a little bit scared if an angel showed up at our door, right? And she had every reason to be a little bit, you know, caught off guard and, you know, maybe facing some fear here. Uh, but the Lord tells her, you're going to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. And can you imagine all the different fears that came up inside of her? Fear of criticism. What's everybody going to think? I'm a virgin and I'm having a baby. The fear of the supernatural. What's going to happen to me? How is this going to work? This is, this is not everyday stuff. This is supernatural, miraculous stuff. Fear of inadequacy. I'm just, and you fill in, you know, I'm just uh, an uneducated person. I'm just a teenager. I'm, I'm just a poor, uh, you, you know, so all these different things. Fear of inadequacy. And then fear of change. How is this going to change my life? This thing that God is doing, how is this going to change my life? And you know, these same four fears, we want to be on guard against because they are things that can block, that they, they can become detours, get in the way of us being used by God. So what's the antidote away from those four things? What's the antidote to keep fear at bay, to be somebody that God uses? Well, there's three things that we're going to look at, again, that Mary modeled. So, so let's take a look at it. Let's get into the first one. Number one, God uses people who desire to do his will, right? Who desire to do his will. I mean, and, and let's think about it. Not people who somewhere want God to win. You know, not people somewhere who say, after all, God's way is the best way. But people who, with their personal life, are saying, Lord, I really want to do your will. We've got to want to do his will more than anything else. And when we put it in the context that God made us for a purpose, and, and you, you know, it's sober to think if we're, if we're not paying attention, if we don't want to do his will, we could miss his purpose. We could miss what he wants to do for our lives. I'll never forget years ago, uh, Kenneth Hagin, Brother Hagin, he's gone home to be with the Lord. And he was a prophet. And he had uh, just many really, really unique encounters with God. And one time he had a, uh, uh, literally a vision, an open vision where he saw the Lord and he was dialoguing with the Lord on some things. And the Lord made this statement to him. Now, let me give you a little bit of backdrop. He was a pastor for 11 years. 10 or 11 years, I think, if I got that detail right, when, when this happened. And, and, and uh, the Lord said to him, you are now entering the first phase of ministry that I have for your life. I mean, and, and, and this is a dialogue that's happening. He said, but, but Lord, what's, what's the last 11 years been? And, and, and the Lord said, that was preparation for step one. 
When I read that, that was so sobering to me because number one, it just so reminded me, yes, God has a plan for each and every one of us. But, but a sobering thing for us, you know, we don't have to get nervous, nerve-wracked, worried about whether or not we uh, figure his plan out because he's not looking to hide it from us. But we have to start off with, Lord, I really want to do your will. And if we start in that place, then we're positioned, we're aligned, where God can make his, his will known to us. And so the, the angel shows up to Mary and says, God has this fantastic plan. He's going to come to earth so we'll know what God's like. He's going to bear the sins of the world, you know. Um, and, and, and he says, to, you know, in, in this, this encounter with Mary, he says, you're not going to believe how he's choosing to come. He's going to enter this world. Mary, God is going to use you. He's going to use your body for the Savior of all the world to come into the earth. Amazing, right? Now, God, what, let's, let's just for a moment, why did God, of all the ways he could have done this, why did he choose to come as a baby? Well, I, I, I think there's probably a lot of things we could say, but let's just acknowledge two things. Nobody's afraid of a baby, right? And, and I think God could have come with thousands of chariots of fire in the air and, and scared everybody half to death. As, as the Lord made his entrance, you know, but he, he wasn't interested in scaring anybody. As a matter of fact, this was a, a picture of peace, goodwill toward men. He chose to come out of, as a baby because no one is afraid of a baby. And he also came into this world that way, uh, the same way that everybody else did by birth so he could relate to us and our feelings and so that we could know that this path that he walked. And, and as he grew up, he modeled, although he was the the eternally existing son of God while he was here on the earth he modeled for us how to live he showed us how to live on this earth and and we read in scripture where it says we have a savior that's acquainted with the sins that we are tempted with with the struggles and the trials and the pains that we are faced with because he was faced with all those things too so really neat how he did that uh, Luke 1 verse 46 Mary responds and, and this, is, this is to this point of, you know, we've got to really just say, I, I want God's will. I want to walk in his will. Mary responds, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, Mary didn't say, find somebody else. You know, when God said, I want to use you, I want to work through you, she didn't say, I, I've, you know, I've got plans for my life. This is getting in the way. Uh, you, you know, I have dreams. This is really inconvenient. It's not what's best for me, I don't think. Can you get somebody else? You know, that wasn't her response. When she realized this was God's will, she was, she was saying, Lord, I want your will. She didn't decline God's will. And, and, and we read that she says, my soul praises the Lord. She desired God's will for her life more than anything else. And I think that's the, the first reason that God chose her. God uses people who want to be used. Sorry for not bringing anything more profound, but, but that's, that's so encouraging, right? God works in the lives and through the lives of those that want to be used of God. So, hey, let me ask again, do you want to be used? Uh, and I know the answer is yes. Uh, there's two attitudes that Mary shows here that will help God work in our lives in a great way. Number one, we see enthusiasm. 
right? And what we just said here, she's, you know, my soul rejoices, my spirit, my heart is, is so full and, 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 and excited uh, for what you want to do, God. It, it's not a matter of accepting or tolerating God's will. It's a matter of eagerness. How many of you know nothing great is ever done without enthusiasm? You know, I was thinking about David facing Goliath. You know, you know, he wasn't like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll grab some stones here and see what happens. You know, there's no Eeyore kind of, you know, attitude about that. No, there was, there was enthusiasm. How many know when you read that story, you know, where, where Goliath is, you know, barking at, at David, you know, you come at me with sticks like a dog, you know, and you just, you can hear him boasting and so arrogant. And then you hear this response in David and he's like, you know, you come at me with, you know, a spear and a sword. I come at you in the name of the covenant God that I serve. And I'm taking your head off your shoulders today and feed, feeding your carcass to the birds of the air. I mean, I mean, and here's the scenario where all Israel is, is in fear and paralyzed. There's an eagerness. There's an enthusiasm. I mean, there, there's, there's a catching of God's will and he just charges right into it. As a matter of fact, enthusiasm, uh, en theos, it means in God. How interesting. We use it in a lot of times in a, in, a, in a setting that doesn't have anything to do spiritually, but enthusiastic really means to be in God. So uh, that, that's, that's a great trait that she just gave there. God lays this heavy, mind-blowing, huge responsibility on Mary, and she's, she's just delighted. She's, she's full of fear and then delighted by, by the opportunity that's given her. And then notice the second thing, and it's something we always got to go back to, is there's humility, right? We just read, you took notice of your lonely, your lowly servant girl. Mary didn't say, I was wondering when you were going to get around to choosing me because I am pretty spiritual and pretty awesome, right? You know, there, nothing at all. She's like, I'm a humble servant girl, she says. Um, and the point is this. Hey, none of us deserves to be used by God. We're all, do you ever hear this expression? We are trophies of God's grace. Amen. Anytime I, I want to think a little bit too much of myself, there's something that happens in life where I'm just reminded, I'm a trophy of the grace of God. That, that's that's what, what my, my life pictures and, and praise God for it because everybody, that, that's something that everybody needs uh, is the grace of God. So God works in our lives. God blesses us, not because we deserve it, but because he desires it. And when we can just receive that and accept that. So, so humility, enthusiasm, these are two characteristics that are all a part of this picture of just, just um, wanting to do, desiring God's will. And the Bible talks about others desiring the will of God. I already mentioned David, uh, but in Psalm 40, verse 8, it says, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Man, how beautiful is that statement from David, right? And then Paul, same thing, 2 Corinthians 5, 9. So whether we are here in the body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Right there's this this heart after God uh, that that's front and center in all of this. So uh, God speaks to people who will listen, and God will use those who want to be used. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Mary had a listening ear. You know, I think that's kind of key in this process too. Luke two nineteen was talking about what was going on as, as she saw these different things as they related to Jesus, and it says, "But Mary kept all these things in her heart." And thought about them often. 
She was invested. She was interested. She leaned in. You know, she, she had her uh, attention toward the Lord. So, hey, what do we most desire in life? You know, Scripture tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto us, right? Amen. All right, so we'll go on to the second one that we're going to look at here tonight. Uh, second thing that Mary modeled about uh, people that God uses, and it's that God uses people who decide to pay the cost. So it's not only eagerness, humility, and a desire toward the will of God, but then people who make the decision to say, I will pay the cost. How many know there is always a cost in following God's plan for your life? Amen? There's always a cost. And if uh, we were to say to God in 2022, just a little over a week away, right? I give you more of me the next year, God. I want to be closer to you. It's going to cost. But how many know it's going to be worth the price? We'll have to give up some stuff, but it's going to be worth it. And there's always risk, and it will always require faith. And we're going to have to step out and do some things in the unknown that maybe we're intimidated to do. But if we're willing to do that and we decide to pay the price, ah, oh, we are somebody that God can use. Luke 1, verse 31. Uh, so this is, you know, the unfolding of God's plan for Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary decided she desired God's will most of all. She decided to take the chance to risk, to pay the price. So Luke 138, Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now, in a message a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about divine interruptions, interesting, Mary's response was, yep, whatever the price is, I'm looking out into a lot of unknown, but I, I, I want your will, and I'm saying yes to it. Uh, actually, uh, we, we mentioned just a, a couple of minutes ago, Elizabeth with John the Baptist. John the Baptist's dad uh, didn't have that same wonderful, faith-filled, be unto me as you say attitude. And God wind up taking away his voice where he couldn't talk until the baby was born. You know, so a little bit of a picture of, you know, the difference of cooperating with God's will and not cooperating with God's will. So when Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true, you know, what does this everything you've said about me include? You know, she, she had no idea of what the, what the ramifications were. She took a big risk. Can you say amen? I mean, it's God, right? So you know, when you trust God, you know you can trust God. But wow, what a big risk. She could have said no. She had a choice. But what were some of the costs that, that I'm sure were on the line as she thought about it? Well, her reputation. She's engaged to be married. And she's pregnant. Right? All, and and, and uh, especially in that time, in that culture, how much more of a, uh, an impact on her reputation was that going to be? So she gave up her reputation. And, you know talking to Joseph about this. Now I know Joseph had the dream, you know, where God confirmed, hey, this is of me, but 
she's got to go to her fiance and say, I'm with child. And this is an act of God. And, and you know, did the neighbors find out this? Did the rest of her family find out this? And then I, I hadn't considered this before. There were no real miracles from Jesus until he's 30. So now, he's, now she's got three decades after he's born of, all right, what's with the big shot here? When does this stuff happen? What's this all about? And, and not until he's 30 does the world start, you know, turning upside down with, with uh, you, you know, uh, his mission that he walked out in those, you know, three, three and a half powerful years, right? So uh, she gave up her reputation. Um, you know, the point is in looking at things like this, when we get serious about God's plan for our lives, there are going to be people who misunderstand what God is doing in our lives. Come on, can you say amen? I remember talking to a close family member and saying, I know for sure God has called me into ministry. And they said, well, why don't you get a degree for something to fall back on? I said, because I'm not supposed to get something to fall back on. I'm supposed to go into ministry. And their response was, you're an idiot. You know, and I was newly married, and it was like, you're a fool, and you're jeopardizing your wife, and this and that, and, and all these things. And, and, I, and it was one of my first encounters with, man, people aren't going to understand when God is saying, I'm asking you to, will you? And we say, yes, Lord, I'm all in. There will be people who misunderstand the calling, misunderstand what it looks like, misunderstand what, it, what it's all about. And then we're going to have to pay prices. We're going to be different. We can, we can count on that for sure. But if we really want God's plan for our lives, there are going to be some people around us who are unhappy, people who will criticize it. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody else have that happen anywhere along the line? All right. Uh, this also cost her her comfort. Uh, the Bible said that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem and she's in Nazareth. So this is, you know, major traveling that's going on. Um, nine months pregnant, taking the journey on the back of a donkey young teenage peasant girl having her first child in a foreign city in a cold barn or a cave, whatever, whatever the, the manger was in, no family around, just by yourself, you know, with Joseph. And then once the baby's born, you hear that the king wants to kill him, so you have to flee to a foreign country and move to Egypt. Man, you talk about, you know, divine interruptions. You talk about comfort zone being obliterated. So God's purpose for our lives is going to include some obstacles, some mountains, you know, some problems, but they're part of the plan. God is always going to bring us through the other side of those things. Can you say amen? Amen. That ought to encourage our hearts tonight. You know, there's something, remember, I, I know we hear this, but let me just say it one more time. There's always two agendas for our lives when the squeeze is on. The enemy wants to destroy. The enemy is looking to shape. The, the enemy is looking to destroy us. God is looking to shape his character in us so we can further carry out his will and his purposes for our lives. Right? We talk about his purpose and his plan and different levels of it. There, there's some things in God's economy, in God's way, that only come through tears, through our sacrifice through our willingness to pay the price, amen? And, and, and so, uh, but we, we can always rest assured it's gonna be worth it on the other side and it's gonna put us in a position where God can do great things through us. Uh, we look at Jesus in Luke 14. 
verse 27. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? And Paul understood that there were costs as well. He, he understood also that the benefits were, were well worth it. Philippians 3, 7, I once thought these things were valuable. He gave this whole list of things, right? But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Worthless, rubbish, garbage compared to knowing Christ and compared to what Christ has done. So it puts us in a position to uh, say, hey, what am I willing to give up in order to be used by God? Because there will be times where it just, we got to, this has got to go aside. That's got to be said no to. That's got to be given up. Uh, maybe it's some habits. Maybe it's uh, particular relationships in our lives. Um, sometimes there's friendships that are pulling us away. Sometimes there's even business contacts and encounters that are just pulling us away instead of building us up toward what God is doing. He might ask us to sometimes set aside a dream or an ambition or a plan. Uh, maybe finances. You, you know, there's all kinds of different places where God might say, hey, as you trust me with your future, as, as you're allowing my will to be done in your life, here's what I want you to lay down. Here's a, what I want you to put into my hands. Amen? All right, and then number three, the third thing that we'll look at here tonight, God uses people who dare to trust his promises. So we desire his will, we uh, decide uh, to, to choose it, to do it, and we dare to trust his promises. And uh, they're people of faith because it does take risk, it does take courage to be used by God. Uh, and how many know courage is not the absence of fear? It's moving ahead in spite of your fear. It's facing your fear. So Mary was a, a, a woman of deep faith. She didn't have all the answers, but she did know who did, and she trusted him. And she was somebody who was not afraid of the supernatural. She wasn't afraid of miracles. Luke 1, 34 and 35, Mary, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. For the word of God will never fail. Uh, in, in other translations, it, it says, uh, for the promise of God will never fail. And we, we know scripture tells us all God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, right? We can trust his promises. So that, you know, whenever we come upon a situation where we think we're in over our head, you know, we're following God's will, but it's kind of scary, Instead of worrying, let's worship. Instead of panicking, let's pray and let's praise. And anytime we're afraid, it means that we've forgotten the promise of God. Oh, I needed to be reminded of that. Anytime that we are afraid, it means we have forgotten the promise of God. Amen. Jesus said what is impossible with men is possible with God. And, and Mary's cousin uh, understood this, uh, this third reason that God chose Mary. Elizabeth said in Luke 1, 45, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I mean, come on, Abraham was called the friend of God. Why? Because he believed that God could and would do 
what he said. So when we look at wanting to do God's will, want it to be pleasing, it's ultimately got to come into a place of, I dare to trust you, God. I dare to take you at your word. So God uses people who desire his will, who decide to pay the cost for his will, and who dare to trust him. So, hey, as we're moving into this Christmas season, uh, the squeeze is squeezing a little more out in the world now again, isn't it? Not that it ever uh, let up too much, but it's, but it's pressing a little more now. Come on, can you say amen? What a, what a great time to say, yeah, and so what? I desire God's will, and I've decided I'll pay whatever cost to do the will of God. And I dare to trust his promises. I dare to take him at his word. You know, I was just reminded that God has us alive during this time on purpose, on purpose. And not for us to be crushed and destroyed, but for the world to see Jesus is alive. Amen? So as we look out into this next year, you know, and these things that might be either kind of scary looking or the unknown or all, all of the other mess that's out there. You know, we, we've got three things that are modeled here. You, you know, we looked at Mary tonight at Christmas time, but we could certainly see these things in so many uh, of the different people recorded in the word of God that lived uh, as champions that were used of God for great things. And the beautiful thing is they're not, um, they're not things that some of us have and some of us don't, and that's just the way it is. They're things that all of us can have. They're things that all of us can cultivate in our lives. So let me just ask as an answer on the inside as we, as we prepare to close here tonight. So are you, let, let, let's now point this away from Christmas. Let's point this toward 2022. Are you willing to be used by God? Hmm. To say, God, anytime, anywhere, any place, Lord, use me. Whatever it means. If it means putting away my agenda, if it means sidestepping my goals, my dreams, my plans, Lord, go ahead. I trust you. I want to be completely in your will. Hey, church, this stuff that goes on in the world, the enemy means it for confusion. The enemy means it so we'll look and, and, and say, I don't know what to do, so that we'll freeze, so that we'll paralyze. Let's make a determination that we're going to uh, barrel into this next year, charge out of the gate this next year, knowing whatever's going on out there, God's got a plan, and he's got a plan for us. Right? Amen. Amen. So we won't be... We won't be sidelined, we won't be frozen, we won't be stuck in a ditch, anything like that. And the more we choose to not forget that God has a plan, and it's a good plan for our lives, then when we do look and it's hard to see, what happens? Well, we get hungrier, we get more determined, we, we set our face, we lean in, we press into God. Right, Because we know, Lord, I know you're here. I know you're up to something. I know you're bigger than this. I know that the enemy's out there doing this stuff. But Lord, I'm looking for you. Lord, my eyes are set on you. I'm listening. I'm leaning in. 
I, I love that verse. It's interesting, you know, when you look at different English translations, I noticed this one verse, it gets translated a couple of different ways. But the one I love is the, the one that says, uh, like the Lord says, I will lead you with my eyes. And there is to me such a, there's such an attentiveness to the Lord and there's such a knowing in, in, that, in that statement. You know, have you ever, um, have you ever, I'll, I'll just, I'll do this in a lighthearted way. Have you ever been sitting with somebody at a table for dinner or something like that, let's say, and um, they just got like salsa dripped all down their shirt and you're trying to lead them with your eyes? You're going like, <laughs> you know, just trying to do that with your eyes. Uh, come on, have you ever had something like that happen? Or, or, or maybe uh, somebody's, you know, at work and they're venting about what the boss just did and, and, and you're like, because the boss is standing right behind them and they're about to get themselves in hot water, you know, right? And, and how frustrating is it when you're doing that and nobody's home and, and you're trying to let them know? You, you know, attentiveness to God. May it be that we're so set, so hungry, so focused, so aware that God is at work in our lives, that he literally can lead us with his eyes. Amen? Ah, oh, Lord, I'm so excited. Lord, let that be so, that we would be so attentive to you, to the voice of your spirit. Amen. All right, I think that wraps us up uh, for tonight. So why don't we just, uh, how about a, a prayer of just consecrating ourselves to the Lord uh, through this Christmas season as we prepare for the new year. Um, I really think God has awesome things in store for us in 2022. I really believe that. I really believe that the Lord has been lining and lining and lining things up. And you know, as I look back over this last year, you know, I just looked over at Jim and Cynthia over there and uh, Cynthia has been coordinating our Sunday night prayer time. Uh, and, and prayer is a high value. It's always been a high value at our church. Um, this last year, we took prayer into a level of consistency and a level of intensity that we haven't had for the last couple of years, let's just say. You know, and, 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 I'm, and I'm also talking about participation. Our Sunday night phone prayer times, anywhere from 30 to 30 to 40, I'll just say on average over the last year, phone lines uh, where people will call in. And many times on those phone lines, there's two people, you know, uh, sometimes there's three people that have called in on that phone line. So I can't remember a time where we have had any kind of corporate prayer where we've had anywhere from 40 to 55 people praying regularly, uh, asking God to move, asking God for revival, asking God to heal our land, asking God to work in our church. And how many know that God, when we pray in faith, it just doesn't fall on deaf ears. It just doesn't. So we've been praying and praying and praying and praying and, and scripture does give us a little bit of a picture. And sometimes, like, I, I think there's many times we don't understand, at least for me, the dynamic of how this works. But the Bible does tell us, like, for instance, Elijah, this is like a little side, side thing. I'm, I just feel like we're supposed to hit this tonight. When um, he's praying for rain, right, where God says, go, sp actually, he's not even asking. God says, go, go call rain. It hasn't rained in a couple of years. Go call the rain. And, and he, uh, he actually uh, um, gets into uh, for what the Hebrews would understand is like a birthing position. And he does that seven times. And that number seven in the Bible is a number of completion. And so it's this picture of 
you pray it until it's prayed through, until it's done. And in other times in Scripture, we read about, um, it talks about the bowls being poured out. Sometimes they're bowls of God's wrath when the amount of wickedness, oh, God have mercy, that just gets poured into those bowls, the wickedness, the sin, the rebellion, and then finally that just gets poured out on the earth. But there's, there's the prayers and the worship of the saints that fill up, and it's pictured as filling up these bowls that God pours out as well. And so I say that just as an encouragement for us, every time we pray, there, there, there is no prayer that's prayed in faith that has no fruit to it. Is that too many negatives? There is no none that has none. So every prayer of faith has fruit to it. That's a better way to say it. <laughs> just to make sure we're clear on that. Every time we pray in faith, and man, when we pray in agreement, then the multiplication of what's going on through what we pray. So I, I would just encourage you, if we, we walk these things out, we keep being attentive to the voice of God, it really truly doesn't matter. I, I, I guess my heart is so um, stirred tonight. May we in this next year not be a people that get stalled out or, or over in a ditch because of whatever goes on in the world. You know, Pastor James, you had just said in one of our pastor meetings recently talking about, um, you know, we talk about, well, this situation happened and this situation happened and this situation happened. And we can almost look at things like, when is it going to return back to normal? You know, and, and he was just commenting on like, hey, like scripturally these last days, this is normal. You know, and uh, I think as Americans with all of our comforts, as Westerners, with all of our comforts, we want to know when does it get a little more comfortable? I think he's preparing us as his bride, as the body of Christ, to be ready to just be all out for him, regardless of what in the world is going on in the world. Amen? So, so let that be a part of uh, what we pray for here tonight. You know, and I just want to encourage you, uh, I, 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 think we're, I think we're just in hot pursuit of exactly what God wants us to be doing in this season. So, amen. Well, Father, we just praise you and love you so much tonight. God, we thank you at this Christmas season that we can celebrate salvation. We can celebrate the good news that Jesus has come. And we can celebrate your love for the world that you sent Jesus so that we could be forgiven. And Lord, also at this time, we're, we're looking out to this next calendar year. Lord, we continue to look at a world around us that is so lost and confused and broken. And Lord, we see the, the world's response to what's happening in it. And Lord, we see that hitting the church as well. You've not called us to live as mere men, but you've called us to live as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And I pray that, Lord, you would help every one of us in this church family, every believer in Ocean County, in our state, in our nation, Lord, that you would help believers truly around the world to see through a lens that's your lens. And so, God, as we move into this next year, whether there be lots of breakthrough and things calm down out there or whether it's just more of the same kind of stuff, 
Lord, we really want to be a people that are not tossed back and forth by it, but that we are a people who are used by you. Lord, those that desire your will, those that will pay the cost. Oh, God. And those that will trust you and take you at your word. So, Lord, just here tonight, afresh and anew, we say that we dedicate ourselves to you, that that's who we want to be. And, Lord, help us just if there's, if there's distractions, if there's things in our lives that would get in the way of us hungering you most, Lord, help us put those things aside. And, Lord, even in this Christmas season, we pray, Holy Spirit, speak to us, be near to us. Help us prepare to be lined up for what you have for us in this next calendar year. So God, we thank you for hearing us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in our lives. We thank you for all that you've done in this last year. Father, as we were just talking about all the prayer that's happened in this last year, Lord, we are, we're excited, we're anticipating what happens when that's all.